good Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Sunday Rise, week three, NFL. Um, you got the band, the boss, BJ, the man that writes all the checks, keeps everything running, gives us all this nice equipment and things. On the far end, you have the Midnight Rider, the man that comes through with all the betting expertise, and hopefully one day he can uh make us all millionaires with a couple of those bets because uh I love working, but I don't want to. So, <laughs> fellas, first and foremost, as always, how y'all feeling this morning? Good, man. Good. Another football Sunday. Um, a lot of stuff to evaluate, but overall good. Good, good. Midnight Rider? Yeah, I'm just, it's just getting started today, man. Had to put some food on, trying to do a roast, but um, do some laundry. Just taking care of the little things today, man. Trying to be effective. Got the cat. That ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> just and rude. You, <laughs> you talking about putting some food on. Hey, B, I was getting ready to text you. I was going to ask you if you wanted somebody. I got some uh, smoked sausage and sauerkraut, man. I'm going to put a pot on, let it simmer for a little bit. It'll be ready by the 4 o'clock game. Y'all let me know if y'all want some. Okay. I got you. So, because, I, look, I got three bags. The, the jumbo pack from Walmart or smoke sauce. So I'm going to cut that thing up and let that thing marinate in there, man. So first and foremost, let's get through. Uh, my, my wife don't like the sauerkraut and, 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 and uh, smoke sausage. And good morning, Courtney. Good morning. Right, oh, so you don't want to bite me on camera, huh? She mm. bite, she's just been attacking my legs and biting me. But now she's on camera. And now she don't want to do nothing. Of course, because incrimination. What hey, you mean? Eyes, yeah. It's like it's like that frog in that old cartoon drive that dude crazy. He would dance for him. Mm-hmm. Stage, you wouldn't dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Now, we're going to start this one off with Lady C Saints versus the Panthers. Uh, the Midnight Rider has provided the uh lines and the over under the saints one and a half point favorites 41 and a half is the over under um lady c decided she did her homework i don't know if she got up early she stayed up late i don't know what she did but she says the saints will lose due to true Jameis fashion and give the Panthers their first win by seven like she ain't got no faith in her saints today so let's hit it uh bj you started off midnight rider you come up behind him, and I'll finish it up. Yeah, I see. I see Midnight Rider. You know, put the lines in there. So Saints one and a half, and the over under forty one and a half. Man, um, I I still lean towards the Saints, man. Um, Michael Thomas been you know looking good. You know, Jameis is Jameis. Um, they gave the Bucks a run for their money before Brady kind of busted that open. Um. Actually, Mike Thomas ain't playing today, is he? Is he? He's suspended this week. Give me a second on that. Um, I'll okay, find I out think, some point. I think he's suspended. No, nah, it's not Mike. Thomas. That's Mike Evans. That was Mike Evans, not Mike Thomas. I think I'm a. I think I'm a lean with the Saints on this one, and the one and a half. You know, it's it's definitely not a. a in my eyes, it's not a good number. Um, Carolina. I can't really read Carolina, man. I mean, I know they got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he got, you know, stints where he's looking like himself, but it ain't nothing like it was. Um, 
you know, they, they got some deep threats for Baker, but it just it ain't clicking. It looked like what Sam Donald was doing last year. Um, give me the Saints to cover the uh that one and a half, and then uh I think we'll go over the 40. Yeah, I, I think they'll go over 42. I think it'll be a not a high scoring game, but like a mid scoring game, like a, a KG shootout. It'd be like 24, 24, 21, 24, 20, something like that. I don't think either team is going to like run away with it. So I'll take the Saints in this one. I what think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Saints as well. Um, nothing from Carolina's offense inspires me to do anything or want to do anything like bet on them. So um, the 41 and a half. I think Brian's right. I think this is a KG special, um, KG special shootout. So I think it's going to be like 23-21. So I'll definitely take the over on that 41 and a half. Uh, so, yeah, to recap, I think I'm going Saints, one and a half, and then over 41 and a half. KG, what you got, man? I love how y'all keep throwing my, my shootouts in there. I mean, shoot, I'm a defensive battle shootout. That's a shootout to me when it's a defensive battle. Come on now. I think hey. – you the only man happy for twenty three twenty, man. Man, it, because I'm I'm a lover of defense, especially when you gotta work hard. But that game don't get busted open to the second half, and then all of a sudden you get an onslaught of scoring in the fourth quarter. And you know they didn't put up. It was three nothing. You know first three quarters, and all of a sudden you didn't got twenty points scored. I mean that 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 that's a shootout. That's a shootout. I mean it's not like I said. It's not you're not using the M sixteen or AK forty seven. You just using a little twenty two. You know a little six shooter. Pow pow. That's it. But I'm going to take the Saints as well because one thing that I will say is Jameis is going to be Jameis. Now, Jameis may throw 30 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, but he may throw 30 interceptions. And I, I hate that people made fun of him a couple years ago because of that because he was, oh, that's the new 30 for 30. But how many quarterbacks have thrown for 5,000 yards? Give him the credit where credit is due. You know, a lot of those picks weren't his fault off of receivers' hands. You know, you gotta you gotta think about things like that. Give him the same pass that you give other quarterbacks when they when they play like that. Give him the same pass. So give me the Saints, but this is gonna be a true defensive battle shootout. Give me the Saints 14-10. All right. That's gonna be terrible. That's gonna be an ugly ball game. Yeah, it is. It's not. I mean, it. It's gonna be ugly, but I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. I mean, I'm sorry. I'd rather win ugly than yeah, win ugly than lose pretty. So, because think about it, we've had games where B, you've had it with Buffalo, then we've had it with Washington. We've scored 45 points, but we lost 48, 45. We've marched down the field, scored every chance we had, but we couldn't stop nobody, and we still lost. So. Next game on the dock, and I got questions with this game, and this is to the boss, BJ. The Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins in Miami, I believe. Uh, Buffalo's four-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. BJ, I told you I had questions, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. No hide, no Poya. Um, Who do you call? I, I suggested Janoris Jenkins. And possibly even Landon Collins, you know, just to get you some safety depth because you know Landon Collins around playing around in the box is way more effective than nobody. 
but Janoris Jenkins, at least, are you calling either one of these guys? I had thought about that for a second, and the answer is going to be no. Um, I think it's just going to be today. It's just going to be a next man up type of deal. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards picking Miami. Um, that's a huge blow to Buffalo considering who you're playing that they have to deal with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And, uh, say hi, say hi. Since you're talking, say hi. Hi. Okay. So, um, man, it, it, it's the, the Micah high was surprising that they put him right to IR and not, you know, the, the season in an IR and not see if he could come back. Uh, I know it was, uh, you know, talk about Poirier after the game being hurt and he hasn't practiced. I don't think he's had a full practice this week. So, but you still got number 17 on the other side. Uh, I don't think you call anybody. I think Buffalo is in a unique situation where they've really been trying to build this thing from the ground up and bring guys in that fit their culture. And if you don't fit the culture, they're ready to release you right away. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you have to work towards. This isn't the old Buffalo where we'll take anybody. It's, it's not that. Um, and it's a reason why some names have come up there and left. So I think you you figure out who you got. I mean, I think Brandon Bean has done a hell of a job drafting. So now you get to see for real when he's – I just had the guy's name up. Adam Schefter just – I know uh, uh, the rookie from uh, Florida is, is starting. Elam. Uh, Elam. Uh, is it Benson? He's starting the corner. The, the I just had the safety's name that was starting. It's time to see what y'all can do, man. Um it is what it is. It, we knew at some point that, you know, Buffalo's favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. We know at some point that they were going to face some type of adversity. And here we go. Bang. Week three, you're out without the core core of your defense, the core of your team. I know Josh Allen's a part of that core, but Micah Hyde is big, you know, and Jordan Poy is right behind him. And, and I think I thought, you know, Jordan Poyer playing the, if he was playing today, it would be his time to kind of shine and get out of Micah Hyde's um, shadow. He'll have plenty of time to do it. It's only week three. So I'd rather take these blows now than Micah Hyde going out week 15. And now you got to scramble and you, you don't know how to play with him yet. So at this point there is week three. They'll learn how to play without Micah Hyde. You still get Tredavious White back at some point. In the next couple of games, I, I want to say he was still out for like four or five games. It's still top five corner in the league. He's going to need four or five weeks to get in game shape. So, um, I think I'm, I, I picked Miami on the picks. Um, I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. I think we're talking about, I think we're talking about over 55 for this game. I'm predicting over 55 for this game. Um, it's going to really test the Buffalo front seven. It's going to really test that Von Miller pickup. And uh, they, they're missing Ed Oliver today. Of course, Dane Jackson, uh, he suffered a neck injury in the Tennessee game. Uh, it's going to be interesting because this Buffalo team has been strong in the secondary the last two years, weak in the front seven. 
Now you have a stronger front seven, and now you have a basically a baby secondary. I think the total starts between these guys are three games. So now you got babies in the secondaries. You got vets up front. Uh, Gregory Russo's looking good. I think he he looks like he's taking advice from Ron Miller. He a little, he a little aggressive a couple times last game in the Tennessee game. Um, but I like what I see, man. I, I think Ron is really rubbing off, and we're going to see if that front seven can hold up today. I am – if I'm a betting man, I take the over, and I wouldn't take the Bills in the four and a half because I think it's going to be a close game. I think – I really think that for the third year in a row, Tyreek Hill beats us. And not in the playoffs this time. I just think that – that that loss of hide and poi, that's your communication. That's getting guys set up. And all it takes is for a guy to be out of position by one step for Tyreek Hill to catch a slant or a wide receiver screen and be and, and be to the house. And that's that's the danger of having him when you're an opposing team. It just takes a, a five-yard catch and it's a 90-yard touchdown with him. Um give me the dolphins today. Good pick, man. That's a real good pick. Um, that's actually who I took. I took the Dolphins plus the four and a half just to get some money out of this. And I definitely hit the over. And I think I did a couple in-game um, bets where I took the over totals for Gabe Davis, Tariq Hill, and Jalen Waddle. Uh, I think that secondary is going to struggle. I think they're starting three six-round draft picks in this game today on the defensive side. So I don't see where they can hold up. I think Josh Allen get, make a great effort and keep them in the ball game, give them just enough to, to be around in the fight. But I just think Miami has too much and too much speed. Uh, I was watching a breakdown by Baldinger and I mean, these guys, they are blurred, both of them, Waddle and Hill. And I just don't see a secondary that can hold them down. Miami's weakness is going to be to it. They're only going to go, as far as the left arm or Tua Tungavaloa will take them. So that, I definitely see this as a Miami win. I see them definitely covering the four and a half. Um, and I see it definitely going on the over. And side note, all numbers that we do for betting comes from FanDuel. So I always got to put that in there because it's not my numbers I'm coming up with. I'm not Vegas, baby. Uh, so, KG, what you got, man? Number one, shout out to FanDuel. Uh, sponsorship, maybe? Sponsorship, maybe? Uh, Lady C, she said the Bills by a hard fought seven two will definitely get the Bills defense to run for their money, but I see at least two sacks for two plus about three forced turnovers. Here's the thing I want to go Miami so bad because of what Miami did against Baltimore, what they did last week, and I'm like, maybe we're seeing the tour that everybody else knew he could be. And a lot of you know, we never we never knocked tour here. On this show, we said, you know, he has an injury issue, but once he gets rolling, he gets some weapons. He could be something vicious. And the thing is, he got weapons. They went out and they got him weapons. Um, I don't want this to be like an old classic Miami Don Shula Miami team of the 80s and 90s. Where you have a prolific quarterback, not comparing two or two Dan Marino. Please don't take it that way. I'm saying the construction of the team. But you have a quarterback that can pass for three, three fifty a game that can get you out of jams and, and, you know, get going because he has weapons. Of course, Marino had the Mark brothers. Now you have Hill and Waddle. 
Um, shoot, if I'm not mistaken, Marino had Keith Jackson for a little bit. So you have if Miami has Gasecki, who I re- I think I really love. I I, I love Gasecki. Um, but one parallel of those '80s and '90s Miami teams with this team right now, no run game. Miami never had a run game with Dan Marino, and that's what he was missing his whole entire career. Same thing with John Elway. When they got John Elway a running back, what happened? He won two Super Bowls. You got to get him a dominant run game. If it's running back by committee, whatever. You got to get him something where he has at least 12 to 1,400 yards from his running backs as a combination to take the pressure off of him. And that's how Miami's going to win for the long-term future. But this game right here that we're focusing on, I want to go Buffalo so bad because I, I, I just, I got so much faith in this Buffalo team, but Miami's a dog. And I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and trust my gut. I'm going to go with Buffalo and I'm going to say Buffalo by three. 38-35 Buffalo. Ed Oliver being out is not going to be a problem because you got Tim Settle. Tim Settle will fill in for Ed Oliver, and I know what Tim Settle can do because he was here. Tim Settle will show you why you signed him. He will show you the dog that he is. So give me Buffalo 38-35. Now, bringing it back closer to home. <laughs> Ooh, we are commanders. Bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. Uh, Terry, scary Terry and the Washington commanders take on the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe that is here today in, uh, Rao John, Maryland, uh, Landover, um, off of Sheriff road, uh, over there by village in the woods, um, cross street from Landover mall, I, wherever you want to call it, you know where it's at on bright seat road. That's where it's at. But Lady C says, uh, where she got the commanders at? Um, did she do commanders? Oh, nope. She said her picks. Eagles by 10. Big game for the for the uh NFC East. Hertz is on five. First meetup since uh he unseated Wentz. Terry McLaurin. You know what? Y'all go first. I, I I'll go last because I, I I know somebody gonna say something. Y'all go first. Go ahead, BJ. <laughs> um if this line was what's the what's the line for today? Hold on, let me see. I got it. I got it. Six and a half. If that line was ten, I would take that. If that line was ten, Philadelphia, I would take that today. Um, that that Philly looks really good. You know, whether you're uh, whatever team fan of the NFCs, if you're a, pro, a true football purist, you know Philly looks really good. They look dangerous. They're definitely the the cream of the division right now. Um, I just I just don't see any way, shape, or form that the Commanders keep up today at home. I got this being one of them 42-17, 42-21 games. I just I don't think that Washington offense, big play Darius Slay on the other side, Look, they're gonna. It's one of them things where we know that offense has potential. They got a three-headed monster, legit three-headed monster. But after we saw that offensive line, 
and defensive line get dominated last week by Detroit. That's that's the trenches, trenches. That's where the game is won and lost. And until Washington can prove to me that the Alabama connection, and I'm more talking about Deron Payne, and I don't know, this is a side note, I don't know why out of all the people on that team they chose his jersey to go to the Hall of Fame. That is ridiculous. Uh, He's not even going to be there next year. So, But um, I, I just don't see – Washington keeping up with this. I, I think this becomes nasty early now. I'm looking outside. Looks kind of gloomy. That would work in Washington's favor. It's going to be nasty weather today. We know on top of having one of the worst stadiums in the league, Washington has one of the worst fields also. So all you got to, for real, for real, all the collective, how many fans supposed to be in attendance today? Let's say, what, 55, 60? If every fan, fan just spit on the field, that would put it in back in Washington's favor. That field just need a little bit of water and game over. Game over. It's going to turn into, you know, that nasty mud of your kid, that puddle, that nasty puddle that your kid find the stomp in where it's not, it's not actually rainwater, it's trash water. <laughs> that's, that's what that's going to be. Uh, give me Philly. Big play Philly. Give me Philly and three touchdowns. Give me Philly and three touchdowns. That's what I'm looking at today. I, and I and I don't I'm not saying Washington won't score, but it's gonna be if if you're asking that Washington offense and offensive line to keep up with the Philly offense right now, bro. That is it, just I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Washington. But that's a tall task from what we've seen the last two weeks, the struggle with Jacksonville and then the all-out beatdown by Detroit, the dominating the performance by Detroit. And then <clears throat> we saw Detroit do things last week that you sat back and like, oh, that is completely disrespectful. You don't, you don't do that type of stuff, not looking at film and knowing that you can break this team, that you can break their will, that you can break their heart. You can All you got to do is just – once you break them, they're downhill from there. You, you don't. You just don't do those things in the game because you feel like we just need to do them. Now, now Detroit is Detroit is in that that special category where they're looking for, you know, that that positive rolling momentum. Like they they're starting to change over. I really like Dan Campbell, the energy he brings. I love the energy the team brings. I said that week one where they played the Eagles, they looked. They just look like a different Detroit team, more energy. You know, they they look like they believe in their coach. That's what they look like. But, um, yeah, give me give me 42-21 Philadelphia today. Sorry, boys. So, I think – I don't know what part of that was my favorite part. The part where we went from 10 to 21-point 20, loss, the point where spitting on the field would make it like trash water. Um, um. Or the part where he was like, oh, I'm just going to take it at 21. Now, go to a shameless plug on FanDuel. You can do alternate um, lines. So if you ever want to put that 21 and put your money where your mouth is, you can do that um, on any betting site. So, Oh, really? I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but seriously, I think this is a tough game for the commanders. Um, I haven't. I watched the Detroit game and I saw them being like one step away 
the whole game. Uh, it didn't look as bad recapping it as it did live. Like, I could see where the coach was like, oh, if this guy does his job, if this guy does his job, it's it's a better outcome. I do like Philly with the minus six and a half, even though traditionally this game normally comes down to three points. And anytime it's bigger than three points, it's always some fluke touchdown. Like last year, I think Fletcher Cox returned a fumble for a touchdown. Uh, I think in years, in another, the year before, it was them trying to do the annexation of Puerto Rico and they fumbled it and Philly recovered in the end zone and took it from a three to a 10. So I, I, I like Philly with the six and a half and I definitely got the over. And I think this is the day. I think this is Terry McLaurin's day. I think this is the day he comes out and plays big, but the problem they're going to have is uh, I think Miles Sanders is going to have an even bigger day. I see him going for a buck 10 and even having about 30 or 40 yards in the passing game. So, unfortunately, I do like Philly in this ballgame to win. Um, I'm not going to do the Sonny Jergison. I'm not going to do the um, Larry Michael skin tangibles. I, I just don't see it this week just from what I watched. KG, go ahead, man. It's all you. Mm. Where do I start? Number one, it's a division game. And the key to winning this division – <laughs> the key to winning this division is winning division games. Um, I agree with you. Terry has to be a dog today. And he he normally is a dog against Philly. He normally gets his man against Philly. But <clears throat> getting your man against Philly and not, and not being a win is no good for us. But he has to be a dog today. Wentz has to really have revenge on his mind. But you got to have revenge, but you got to be inside of that that team concept, if you get what I mean. So, yeah, you want to play well, but you want to play well inside of the team concept. Don't go play hero ball. Manhood can't be an issue today on defense. Defense has to show dominance. I, and I got keys to the game. I don't I wrote down keys to the game. I got keys to the game. Manhood cannot be an issue today. You cannot get blown off the ball. You know, you can't get none of that. If you're going to go into this game, you're going to beat Philly. You have to go in, set the tone early. You have to show what type of team you are. You have to rebound from the, the, the disaster, the ass-whooping of epic proportions that was last week. You have to rebound from it. You have to show. It's Monday morning. Okay, we're going to look at it. By Monday afternoon, it's in the game. We're focusing on Philly. Because you got another test coming next week. This is test number one. Test number two is the following week. And I don't want to look past Philly and look at Dallas. You need to beat Philly. You need to beat Dallas. Two weeks. These need to be wins. Now, me personally, I'm going to play chess, not checkers. And I'm going to go ahead and pick Philly. And I'm going to pick Philly going with the six and a half. Because if I do that, my loser ass is going to lose and Washington's going to win. Same way I do with the Cowboys. I pick the Cowboys. And every time I pick the Cowboys, what's happening? They lose. It's chess, not checkers, baby. I know what I am. I think those things lose their luster when you start talking about them out loud. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be like the greatness of Rome. You can't mention it in more than a whisper or just blow and disappear. Mm -mm, so you gotta, like, those type of things you got to keep under wraps. No, four years. I've been doing this four years. And if okay. I don't talk about it, that's when it goes away. 
So I okay. have to talk about I have to bring it up. I have to have it fresh in the minds of the consciousness. When I talk about Dallas, and I always say this, I use a Chuck Noll quote when I talk about Dallas. I talk, you know, any any big team that's, you know, on a cusp, I always use a Chuck Noll quote. You haven't arrived yet. You 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 haven't. You 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 beaten doormats, but when it's time to play the big boys and the big dogs, you playing like you're a puppy. You haven't arrived yet. So that's how I feel about Philly. Philly, you, you you're doing good. You look good. You got some good people. Uh, 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 you got a tough suckers over there, but you haven't arrived yet. You can win all the games you want in September, October, and early November, but when you win in late November, December, and January, then we can talk. You win in the playoffs, then we can talk. But as of right now, Philly, you haven't arrived yet. So don't think it's just talk for Dallas. It's talk for anybody. You haven't arrived yet. And, you know, to to be on a serious note, and this is something that we talked about um, last show, after, you know, talking about the commanders losing to the Lions. This Ron Rivera team, like, when you when you have issues, when you have problems, you address your issues and problems. If you keep having the same issues and the same problems, at what point does your leadership start to be questioned? Because last week is not the first time under Ron Rivera. We've seen it under Jay Gruden. We've seen it under Jim Zorn. That this team has come out like, they never prepare for the team that they're playing in the week that week. And you know, I'm not even joking right now. It's just like that can't happen. If you if you want to be a division considered to win a division, consider wanted to be one of the top 14 teams in the league. Being prepared, having coaches that understand the game. I said it uh, last week when I was talking about Sean McDermott. You had just like Kevin said, you haven't arrived yet. Y'all still have to beat the big boys. Yeah, they dispatched Tennessee last week, minus AJ Brown. It was dominant. Okay, cool. Um, they got some tests this year, but when you having the same issues every week, where it looks like you're not prepared for the game. Detroit looked like they were prepared for Washington. Washington looked like they just got off the plane and the coaching staff gathered up 53 people in Detroit when they got there. That's what it looked like. A couple of them were really good. You know, a couple of them needed some work, We, but we can work with this. That's what it looked like. When does Ron Rivera take responsibility? When does he become on the hot seat for how this team performs? I'm sorry, underperforms gravely underperforms when it comes to being prepared at times because it look if you look at this team it just looks like they don't have that nobody lit the fire nobody lit the pilot you're trying to turn the heat on in the house the pilot ain't lit you can switch there and switch the flip uh, flip the switch for hours if the pilot ain't lit it ain't coming on when is the pilot going to be lit with the commanders i don't see it i, I just see you know, they got a quarterback that they don't look like they can protect when it comes to a C, above average uh, defensive line they're playing. 
and I know it's one game, but Philly has things together. And I know they haven't arrived yet. They haven't. They haven't won a division. You know, Jalen Hurts got his, you know, to prove himself. But it's like, I, I feel like the, the commanders are like the, like the same way I feel with the Wizards. Team, they stay, they stand in the same spot, and teams from their own conference and division leapfrog them every year, every year, every year. You think, oh man, they got the unicorn, they got Bill, they got the three, and then guess what? Spider Mitchell comes to Cleveland, skips over him. It, 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 that, and that's how I feel with the Commanders. It's like it just they're they're stuck in that third best in the division. And because of, you know, a lot of times coaching and lack of being prepared, they're going to stay there. Like, if this continues this year, I don't know how Ron Rivera comes back next year. Let, let me say this. And I, I had a – I talked to Keefe from the block. And, I, you know, it's people that's actually calling for Ron Rivera to be fired. And I'm like, it takes five years to turn around a franchise. Five. If you never give a coach five years, we're going to keep spending our tires going through this. You give a coach three years, fire him. Give him two years, fire him. Give him three years again, fire him. We're going to keep going through coaches left and right. But here's the thing, and this is another Chuck Noll quote. You can't be a today person. You have to be a tomorrow person. Because if you worry about today, 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 and never worry about tomorrow, you'll never be prepared for anything. Washington have to be tomorrow people. They have to prepare for the next day, the next opponent. They have to prepare. Like, I hope that they did in-depth film study because Philly has weaknesses. Somebody has to sit, and it may be some lowly video coordinator that runs down the hallway and says, hey, Jack, look at this. And Del Rio says, God damn it, I missed that. We about to exploit that, and they practice it all week. And then they come out today, and they exploit that weakness. But also, nine times out of ten, Jalen Hurts may get knocked out of this game because that seems to happen a lot with Washington. They'll knock the good quarterback out and then win the game, and then we see them again, and they're fully healthy. And, you know, then it's the real test, and, you oh, we're going to beat them again, and they punch us in the mouth. But, again, this is a gorilla. What do you do with a gorilla? You walk in the room, you punch him in the mouth. So, Midnight Rider. That's a new one. I ain't never heard that one. But I mean, I know when you punch the bully in the mouth, but no. the gorilla. <laughs> you punch a gorilla oh, in the no. mouth. But um, I mean, just finishing up, I just think this is one of those situations. If we're talking about Rivera, I think he's he's gonna get his five. I don't care what everybody in the block says, I don't care what they say in the barbershop. This isn't this reign or regime isn't Dan Snyder based. This is NFL based. Based on the behavior of this owner, the only way this owner is going to stay in power is if he keeps some modicum of stability, and that is Ron Rivera. So I think he is safe for now. Now, the issue could be if I saw some report where owners are mounting, they may try to change their thoughts on Dan Snyder and get him out. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, I just don't think this guy's going to go without a fight. He seems more like Peter Angelos than anybody than Robert Sarver. So I just see this getting tied up in litigation. So I don't have that hope. So that's why I think Ron will get five years is because it's the only way the NFL will allow this guy to stay in power without having some form 
of professionalism um, in the building. I agree with that. I agree with that. And good morning to you as well, Monica. Hope you're having a wonderful morning. Because uh, we are. <laughs> I will say this. And I said this in our group. When it comes to Daniel Snyder, either you're going to let him go, you're going to let him walk, or you're going to shut the hell up about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. At, at this present point, as a Washington fan, it's not even a negativity. If you're not going to do anything, shut the fuck up. If you're going to do something, you're not. If you're going to punish him for the things that happen and not a slap on the wrist because $10,000, $100,000, it's like $30, $40, $50 to us. It's a drop in the bucket, sucker. I can go make that back. I can go do. He can go do Uber Eats and make that back. It's easy. If you're not going to do anything, stop saying anything. Shut up. So moving right along, we got uh, one, two, three games to go. So here's one of the three, the Rams versus the Cardinals. And our line for Rams Cardinals is Rams three and a half over the Cardinals. Forty eight and a half is the over under. And the lady C, she says uh, Cardinals hard call taking the three and a half. So, B? Man, I was looking at this line hard once uh, Midnight Rider put it in the chat window. And I'm like, man, who do I want to take? Um, you know, mm, I'm going to go over. I'll go over. I don't think either, either defense is like really got their legs yet, got their feet yet. Um, man, do I want to take the Rams today? Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams in the three and a half. Um, if 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 Hopkins was on the other side, I would pick the. I would lean with the Cardinals. But since he's not there yet, he's still serving his suspension. I'm gonna lean with the Rams in the three and a half. What you got, Ben? So. I think the Rams have figured out Kyler Murray to an extent. So I don't know if this is going to hit the um, 40 and a half. I think I actually took the under on this uh, just because the Rams are struggling to find a run game. Arizona, I believe the issue for them is going to be um, Mighty Mouse. Uh, I think the Raiders just let him run around way too much last week. And I think St. Louis does a more disciplined approach with him. So that's why they won't have the same issues that uh, the Raiders had last week. And then I'm also taking the three and a half because I don't think Arizona's going to move the ball and in, with any um, with any kind of consistency to make this a ball game. So if I was doing the ultimate line, I'd probably go for it, at least a touchdown, push this out a little bit uh, to give me some breathing room and take the Rams with the seven and a half over Arizona. Again, I just don't see Arizona having anything they can put together to make this an interesting ball game. Yeah, yeah, that, that those are really great points. Really great points. Um, you know, you're definitely talking about a, uh, you know, a disciplined defense. I, I, I can say I, I, I'll take the Rams in this one. I, I just, you know, Arizona's been struggling. I don't think Kyle is putting in this four hours a week. <laughs> so it, it looked, it looked like it at times. Uh, I know staff has been struggling a little bit, but they still got. Um, uh, the Rams still got 99 in the middle. I, I mean, that that alone should be worth three points. 
Mm-hmm. So having 99 on that side of the ball, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the Rams, but those are really good points, man. I'm going to finish it up. I'm going to go with the Rams. I was doing my picks, and they say uh, ESPN says 83% of the people pick the Rams. Even though the Rams seem like they got a Super Bowl brain, I'm still going to go with the Rams. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. This may be one of your games that this may be the best game of the 4 o'clock variety today. I'm looking at the 4 o'clock games. This, outside of that game that we're going to talk about next, which is Green Bay and Tampa Bay, um, I think that's gonna be one of your best games. So you probably it'll be a channel clicker if you, you'll be going back and forth. But uh speaking of Green Bay and Tampa Bay, that is our hey, next game. Hey, before you hit that, um, I just saw something come across that Taysom Hill is inactive today for New Orleans, and that JK Dobbins is active for Baltimore. Just some mm-hmm. heads ups on a couple things. Sorry about that. J.K. Dobbins coming back. Well, he tore ACL, MCL, and PCL last year, something so, like that. Yeah, but he tore it early, me. so he tore it like he tore it like in the preseason. Yeah, so he should be right on schedule. For and to be able to come back from that, and we're old enough to remember when you did something like that. That was pretty much career ending. But we're old enough to remember at that time to say that medical science has come back and Rob Woodson was one that tore he told ACL early in 95 and he came back for the Super Bowl. You know, Barry Sanders shook him out of his ACL and was like, here, give me that. He came back for the Super Bowl. That was the first person to ever come back in the same season from an ACL to So shows how far medical science has come. So I'm glad to see JK Dobbins back. Um, as far as Bucks versus Packers, Bucks one point favorite over the Packers 41 and a half is the over under kick it over to the boss BJ. What you got? Daddy. Uh, Daddy. Ryan, I'm podcasting. Okay. I had to get it in a second. Okay. Oh man. Um, I'm gonna take green Bay. Um, Tampa Bay is, you know, they I've already said this. We said it on this show. You're going to get three or four weeks of sloppy football, and that's where we're in now. We're in the we're in the, the three or four weeks sloppy football. Everybody trying to get there, the legs underneath them, the timing down. Um, but with Mike Evans being gone today, is Chris Godwin even playing today? Because he was out last game. Give me give me a second. To look that up. Okay. Um, I yeah, even if you know Chris Godwin comes back, we know he's probably not a hundred percent. I think I'm gonna run with Green, Green Bay today and the other 12 on the other side of the ball. So, um, I just, I, yeah, I just see, I think right now, if we had to pick who's a, the more struggling offense, it would be Tampa Bay. Than, than Green Bay. And Green Bay's had their struggles, you know, learned life without Devontae Adams. Um, but I just feel like they'll move the ball a little bit better than Tampa Bay will. But I think it'll be close. You, you, it's going to be – you got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So, you know, for either side, when one of those guys are in the game, you always got a chance. But give me Green Bay today. Well, they put this line perfectly. This is a one-point ball game. This is definitely a pick em type of situation. Um, the Bucks pick up Cole Beasley. Um, the Bucks also have two tablets that are no longer in working condition. Uh, so my main fear today is that Tom Brady will break two more 
tablets. Um, it's not a just look for Microsoft, you know, him breaking tablets on the regulars. But um, in all seriousness, um, I think this is Green Bay's game. I think we're going to go back. I've been saying this. Uh, we're on week three. And I think for three weeks I've been saying this is Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon time. And I think that's the way the, the Packers are going to win going forward until they get a receiver to actually step up and make plays for them. So you'll see Aaron Jones in the passing game. You'll see A.J. Dillon in the passing game as well as in the run attack. So with that being said, we're taking Green Bay. But I think this is going to hit the under. This is going to be under 41 and a half. This is going to be a, a low-scoring ball game because I don't think either offense can sustain enough um, to, to make this a high-scoring ball game. So, KG, what you got? I'm going to be honest. I, I, I can't. I can't pick this one. Now, Lady C says, and she 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 went in on this one. Packers by easy 14. Brady will be too shaken, plus he's still whining about his finger injury. So she she went gangster on this. She went full gangster. But uh, for me, I want to go with Brady because I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his full complement of weapons. And the guys that he does have, uh, they're not bad. They're just young. No experience. Um, Sammy Watkins did play good. What was that? Sunday night, Monday night, whatever night they played. Uh, Minnesota. He, Sammy Watkins played pretty good. I think Sammy Watkins is out, mm, and that hurts. So both both twelves are, are are. How does up. that hurt? He's on IR. How does how, how does Sammy Watkins out being hurt? He's a non-factor. That, yeah, he's on IR. I mean, but that's one of your weapons. It's depth. Depth. Sammy, Sammy Watkins is a is quote unquote a deep threat. I ain't seen him go deep in a couple of years, but it's quote unquote a deep threat. And you know the boss BJ, he, Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods, he not too too big a fans of those two guys. So you see this motherfucker right here. She. <laughs> feet up. That's why I keep looking around. <laughs> she didn't got me the last three times, and as soon as I reach down for it, she take off. Not this time, kitty cat. Mm. Give me Tampa Bay in this one. This is going to be non-Brady-like, but I guarantee you after this week, you're going to see a better Tampa Bay game. Now she's biting you. Please. Jesus. Tampa Bay, 21. Green Bay, 19. It's going to be a close one. And finally, this is our Monday night game. Cowboys versus the Giants. Daniel Jones versus Cooper Rush. Now, if this was Cowboys, I mean, uh, Giants, Washington, Daniel Jones is going to look like a Hall of Famer, like he does every game against Washington. But <laughs> look, the white Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Lord Jesus, tell me that's not what y'all think of when y'all see Daniel Jones. Not on a regular basis, but when he plays Washington, he runs read option, goes boot out the back way, and nobody's looking for him. Me personally, I, I'm like trying to lay the lumber to this dude. Nah, he gone. But uh, I believe you got this at Dallas's one-point favorite, 39 and a half. Uh, throw it over to you, BJ. I'm going to take the Giants. There we go again. I put her down, and 
I'm already getting attacked. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Giants. I think this is another one of them. Even with Cooper Rush playing quarterback, I think this is another one of them toss-up games. Because um, you still got Parsons and Diggs on the other side for for Dallas, big play guys. Um, Man, I, I don't even know if I want to go with the Giants now. I, I'm not even sure who to pick on this side. Uh, who's playing at home? Is it Giants? I think at it's home? at New York. I think it's at New York. Give me the Giants. Give me the Giants. Two, they're they're two and zero. They got a little bit of momentum. Uh, I'm gonna take the Giants. I just wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas squeak it out though. Um, it's just, it's just one of them things where both teams are kind of, yeah, yeah, the Giants are 2-0, but they ain't no, they ain't Buffalo 2-0, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 they won their games, but they ain't, you know, they ain't solidified. Like Kevin keeps saying, y'all ain't, y'all definitely ain't there yet. Y'all don't even get a quote, you know? Um, and you know, we, we know what Dallas is working with, with the backup QB, and uh, Zeke Zeke looks god awful. Zeke looks god awful. Um, he got his money. I think Gary was telling me this is the last year of his contract. He'll be gone. I don't even want to restructure that. He don't even look like a a shell of himself. Like right right now, that's what they need to buy time to get that. We need you to run twenty five times a game. That boy is not even. Ex- I know the offensive line isn't the same. But he doesn't even look like him old self at all. So give me give me New York today. Um, I think this is going to be an under game. I think this is going to be one of them 13-17 type games, 14-17. Um, but the Giants, give me the Giants. So I think kind of the opposite of what you guys are talking about in terms of the Giants being 2-0. This is one of those 2-0s where, A, the Giants haven't had a winning record since, like, 2005, if memory serves me correctly. Second, anytime you can put Ws in the basket, you're just collecting Ws. So they can sneak – if they sneak in and get their 3-0 and at some point, A, they have confidence. And that's that's a scary thing when you get a team that isn't supposed to be doing something, doing something. Um, they start to believe them in themselves more than they would have if they were 1-1 or 0-3. So I – I took the Giants. I take them because a Saquon Barkley is starting to look like Saquon Barkley of old. Uh, the guy, not the guy that had the two bad knee injuries or the bad knee, the bad ankle, I should say. The other thing, reason I take the Giants is because I think Daniel Jones will do just enough. Like Brian Dable has figured it out and made it so this kid is doing just enough to get them wins, and their defense is better than people think. Um, the arrival of Wink Martindale has made this defense more aggressive. Um, they attack you from any and everywhere, kind of like the Baltimore Ravens did. And I think that's how the Giants are – that's their recipe this year is we're going to out-physical you on defense. We're going to come from every direction um, with our blitzes and then make you try to figure it out. And by the time you figure it out, it's the fourth quarter. We might only be up by four, but you ain't, you're not going down the field on us to score. They're going to just do just enough to win. This is one of those things where – at the end of the season, you're like, yeah, they won, but, man, they only won by, like, three every time they won. 
And it like people say, it don't matter about how much. It's just matters that you win. And that's what this team is. That they're the epitome of um doing just enough to win a ball game. Which so line wise, I'm sorry. I got New York with the minus one, and I have this game. I'm gonna stay with the under on this. I'm gonna go under the 39 and a half. Because I don't think these teams are gonna score. And then I think we're gonna see more Tony Pollard this week than we have in the past, also. KG. I'm gonna say something that I've been saying. For quite some time. First, let me let me talk, Lady C. Cowboys by only three. If they can make, if they can keep the same momentum they had last week, it's going to boil down to the battle of the running backs, Elliott versus Barkley. I want to say it was two years ago. What Dak got hurt? What was was it last year? Dak got hurt a year before last. Okay, it was a year before Dak got hurt. Cowboys were riding high, and I said the key to a Cowboy victory, and they were winning. Games handily said the keto cowboy victory, and it's the same thing today. Zeke has to touch the ball 25 times, he has to touch the ball 25 times. Paula got to get at least 15 carries. But see, now you got another beast because now here it is, week three. And I don't know if y'all heard about it, but the Giants have come down with a sickness, they got to deal with MPP, Micah Parsons' problem. That dude is a damn problem all the way around the board. He is a serious problem. And Parsons has four sacks in two weeks. And uh, what, three of them was against Tom Brady. If I'm not mistaken, two or three was against Tom Brady. On the flip side, I never was impressed with Daniel Jones. I never thought Daniel Jones should have been the top quarterback of the 2019 draft. Never, I, I I haven't seen a Duke quarterback do anything league-wise since Sonny Jurgensen. That's the last prolific Duke quarterback that I've ever heard of, ever seen. So I wasn't impressed with him. I wasn't impressed with his numbers. I wasn't impressed with his decision-making. Now, he's a starting quarterback of, excuse me, the New York Giants, and he hasn't been very impressive outside of the games against Washington, he hasn't been impressive at all. So you get Brian Dable to come in there, and it's like he flipped the switch. It's like he says, uh, what are you guys comfortable with? Okay, we're going to run that, but we're going to expand it. You know? It seems like he got him in their comfort zone, but he got him winning in their comfort zone, but not – doing the same stuff that you were doing before. It's like coming in and, and doing something different. And I like to see that happen. But today is where that stops. The bottom falls out today. Cowboys will win. And I'm not playing chess with this one. Cowboys will win this game. Because guess what? Cooper Rush will give you at least 250 yards passing. They'll win this game. It'll be close. 27. 23. Can I say something real quick? We say it on the, my bad midnight. Right? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. We say it on this show all the time. And I, I, this is probably just something completely different. But how many times do we have to say a coach adjusting to his, his team? Now, if you don't, if you're not familiar, Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator for Buffalo for the last few seasons. So am I rooting for him? No, nah, not really. He's coaching the Giants. I don't, I don't care for the Giants. Um, 
But how many times do we have to say that? How many coaches out here forcing their way? Forcing their way, the style don't fit, you know. Let's go, let's go just go to Tennessee real quick. Tennessee, I hate Ryan Tannehill, but they've done a hell of a job masking him. That's a hell, that's a that's an Oscar down there. The Oscar for masking the worst quarterback in the league goes to the Tennessee Titans. I mean, half of the league, probably more than half of the league, have offensive coordinators and coaches like, this is what we're going to run, learn this playbook. And then you have guys and, and, and like Brian Dayball. You have Kyle, we talk about Kyle Shanahan and nauseam. Um, I can't think of the boy in uh, L.A. Why can't I think of Sean McVay? Sean McVay. They'd be like, all right, this is what I got. Greg Williams on the defensive side was great. All right, this is what I got. This is what I need to do. We These are our limitations. This is where we can go, where we can't go. We're really good at this, so we are going to focus in on this. And we're going to expand the offense, the defense or offense a little bit off of this. And then we're going to try to stay away from our weak points. Why is that so hard? Ron Rivera going to find out at the end of the year when he's sitting on the sidelines of the free agent head coaching pool. Go ahead, Midnight Rider. Nah, it's funny you say that. Um, we always talk about that as fans. I think that's a fan perspective sometimes. Because sometimes it comes down to just execution. And sometimes you're, the coach is trying to do something different, but we don't see that different because the guys just aren't producing for him. Um, I remember the year that everybody wanted Joe Barry out of D.C. as a defense coordinator. And I kept telling people, you can't run a great defense if your best defense lineman went to Hampton University. No offense, Chris Baker, but it's the truth for me. Um, you can't go out there with a bunch of C, C-plus players trying to ask for A-plus um, production, you're just not going to get it. You know, they can play like a team and play like a, hard, a B, but they're not going to give you A. Uh, so I think we say that because we're conditioned. Uh, I said this on, um, to somebody before that as Washington fans or people that see Washington on the regular, you're conditioned by Joe Gibbs to always think about adjustments and managing your team around your talent. And we think everybody's supposed to do that. And unfortunately, they're not. That's the reason why there's only a select number of coaches that are considered the elite coaches. You know, you're Mike Tomlin's of the world. The kid I like um, that's new that I didn't think was going to get a job, but Mike McDaniel's at Miami. I think he's going to be one of those guys that he can adjust what he has to the talent around him, and he has the scheme for it. So, um, so Buffalo's going to be in trouble for the next couple of years with that kid around, but getting trying to get back to where we were talking about, KG, Elliott, 25 touches. I just can't see that, man. It's not worth it. You're better off You're better off giving Pollitt 20 to 25 touches, if anything, and giving Zeke the 15 that you're talking about because you're not getting anything. The ceiling is higher with Pollitt, and you saw that because he had the two explosive runs last week. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Zeke? It, 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 it's – it's always been the key for me because I always thought that good old midriff. Uh, geez, I like the kid. I like him, but it's like he's like an NBA player. Once he get his money, he don't play no more. That's what it feels like to me. 
He got his money. He like, F it. I don't really care anymore. You know, I'm going to get my two yards to carry. And, you know, that's that. So, I just... Uh, my thing is... Only thing, the only way this is going to work, you have to, when you got a quarterback like Cooper Rush, you have to take the pressure off him. That's why I said 25 carries. You got to at least get 40 carries between your two running backs. I don't care how you do it, but you got to take the pressure off of Cooper Rush to win this game. You can't put everything on him and say, okay, win this game. He's not Dak. He's not uh, Andy Dalton. He He's not built for that right now. Let him do what he can. You When we talk about limitations, you know his limitations. Understand his limitations and just say, okay, this is what he can do. We got to rally around and we got to do something. But being a fan and looking for adjustments, I think everybody should look for adjustments. You should always look for adjustments. If you're doing something against me, I know what you're doing and I don't adjust to it. I deserve to get whatever you give me. So that that's just my thinking. That's my, my thoughts. But the Cowboys have a chance to win this game. The Cowboys will win this game. You'll, you'll see that shot of uh, Jerry Jones somewhere in the, in the press box, jumping up and down and kissing the son in the mouth and stuff because he wanted him some glory hole. You got it, Jerry. This is yours today. So any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we get up out of here? Um, I don't see that Cooper Rush 250, uh, but I think you're in the neighborhood. I think it's going to be like 225, 250. I think he'd be just under it. Um, and then I think the big thing this week is Cam Crow being back for, for Washington. Because now you can move Derek Forrest maybe up closer to the line and have more natural position or flip him however you want to do that. That's all I got. I think, you know, me being a Buffalo guy, I think the biggest thing this week is to see how this defense operates against two of the fastest receivers in the league. And big uh, Midnight Rider just – just touched on Mike McDaniel. I like Mike McDaniel. Yeah, he he, he coached. I like him. I like the energy he brings. Like I said, he's. I think he is going to be one of those minds where he can put some things together and he can work within his his skill limit and his talent limit. And 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 when you can do that, I think that's it's money, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to see how Buffalo does today on the defensive side. Is 17 really flying with a cape? Can he get us through a shootout with Miami? That's what it's going to be today. If you want a real shootout, bring your boys to Buffalo. Orchard Park, New York, if you want a real shootout, you don't want the commanders all in the video and stuff. You want to put up some real points. Come over to Orchard Park. All right. All right, Suge Knight. Eric Wheeler says, uh, Rush has two starts. Wait until the rest of the league gets tape on him. I agree with that wholeheartedly because if you notice anytime you bring a backup quarterback and nobody has tape on that backup quarterback looks superhuman all the time but it's no tape on him uh he also says the more he plays the more he his flaws get exposed yeah and a good coaching staff let me let me rephrase that a great coaching staff will already know his flaws and know how to hide them <laughs> that i mean that that would be great but we shall see uh thank you everybody for listening you know, it's 12 o'clock. Get your pick set. Uh, get your your, your, your your fantasy lineup set. Get everything ready. I'm getting ready to go fix me something to eat. We got uh, 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 sauerkraut and smoked sausages coming up sometime today. 
uh house gonna be smelling good so until what's today today's sunday well i'm not even gonna make no promises let's see how things go maybe we can get our first post game of the season but let's see how things go but for the midnight rider for the boss bj all the rest of sideline junkies is on special assignment we don't do no overtime we are out of here